2: Folks, back here on the uh, Boss Man Show, friend of the show, my man, Easter Washington Eagles head coach, Shantay Leggins. What's good, brother? How you doing in Washington, man?
1: Man, I'm doing good, man. NBA's back on. I'm watching playoffs all day. Uh, having to do, you know, pick up pick up the kids' duty, make dinner. But, you know, it's all good. And I'm having a good
2: time out here. It's,
1: it's been going pretty good.
2: No doubt, way No I know you guys was in the, doing really great. When I talked to you in March, man, you <laughs> y- y- all at one, get some big things going on out there. Then man. on my birthday, March 11th, everything went crazy. So tell me, how did it spend for you guys out there in Boise there, then everything kind of just went south on you guys, and it, all thing went, went haywire. How was that for you guys? Man, it was, it was you know what,
1: uh, for me, it was it was it was OK, you know, um, you know, I, I wanted to play for my players. You know, they 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 followed my lead. You know, it was one of those deals where um, more things were going on than what we knew. Um, I always talked about our guys and I I live by the same way. Control what you can control. And, you know, when they told us we couldn't play in our, our conference tournament, I said, you know what, we, we did everything we could. We won our conference championship during, you know, we won the league. So that put us in a great spot. You know, I thought that we were going to be able to play in the NCAA tournament, so I was thinking easy street. We in the big dance without even having to play these three games because, you know, teams in our league, well coached, good players. You know, we're, I think we're a really underrated league. And, and you know, I thought anybody could anybody could go up and, and beat anybody in our league. You know, there's players, there's, there's good coaches. But, you know, I felt we had one of the better teams, you know. But at the end of the day, you got to win those three games. But when they came and told us, you know, hey, you, you, you uh the, the, our, our conference tournaments canceled but you're still being NCAA tournament it was kind of bittersweet because you know i I knew a lot of the seniors in our league and they deserved a shot um, you know but since we were in first place I was thinking so you should have did you should have done your stuff during that year you know you should have been handling it during the year like we did uh, but I felt I felt for a lot of those seniors and then you know when it came around about you know two or three hours later that they were canceling everything I said oh man you know that's a, t- that's a tough goal that's a tough blow for our senior because he was the MVP of the league and you know he-, he meant a lot to our team and he did everything you've asked of him and and his his dream and goal is to play the NCAA tournament and so I it went out to it- my heart went out to him but very mature guy you know he came to me and said you know what this is something we'll never forget we'll never forget and the last time we've ever played you know I put a I put my jersey on when you put your suit on, we cut the nets down. And so that's something I'll, you know, I'll remember because we did. Our last game, we won. We cut the nets down at home in front of his family and friends. And, you know, it was it was it was something special. You know, I had, you know, my mom passed away that same week. So it was it was something that, you know, you know, that that you know, we got to play in a championship game and, and, and those types of things. And it was it was a great emotion, emotional field senior night for our guys. And so um, it, it was it was okay because we knew what was going on. Um, we, I think our guys took it pretty well. And we, we moved on. And, and, you know, we didn't know this was going to happen. You know, we just started working out last Thursday. This is the first time we've been together like that since since then. And so but besides Zoom calls and just having people just, you know, in person, that was the first time. And it's been, it's been a minute. And it was great to, it was great to see them.
2: Now, how did you guys adjust to going from on campus to being virtual, trying to make sure that their grades are taken care of, there's classwork is done. So I know your academic are played a big role helping you guys keep your grades up and keep, keep getting us eligible through all this being at home to themselves.
1: Huge, man. But what, what we did was we put the, we put a lot on the parents. And I give the parents a lot of credit. You know, every Monday, we have Zoom calls. Every Wednesday, we have Zoom calls. And every Friday, we have Zoom calls. But um, what we did a little different than a lot is I'd have you know the kids that you know the freshmen the incoming or the freshmen that were here, some of the kids that you know you, you got to make sure you keep an eye on it when it comes to grades and you have them email they email me because you know I don't I don't I don't do you out or or make anybody I don't I don't say hey I don't say hey you handle you handle academics I handle the academics I make sure that the guys are are doing right you know uh, we have we have a coach Dave Riley who 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 makes sure the guys are in the right classes and things like that and. And he, we oversee that. We have a great academic advisor. But, you know, I make sure the guys are doing what they're supposed to do in class. You know, if, if I always felt that if head coach puts attention towards something, they're going to get it done. And so, you know, I, I, I make sure that is. So every every Monday, um, they would send me an update of what they had for the week with their parents on it, our academic advisors, all three coaches, uh, myself, uh, and both parents. And so what we get is we would get that on Monday and then on Friday, they tell us everything that they did. And so, you know, we were on top of it. I'm pretty sure they hated it. Um, I think the parents, I think, appreciated that they were involved like they were. And you know, our team got 3.7 GPA. I might take that moving forward, you know, um, with, with that. Because as soon as they miss something, I would just simply just text the parents. Like, hey, you know, they didn't get this done. Like, here's their grades. They're at a C. Like, what's going on? They need to be at, we, we get 3.0. It's like, you know, our, our, our goal for each player is to have a 3.0. And you know, I, I know that sometimes school is going to be hard, but you, when you come to our school, when you're at Eastern, you got academics and basketball. I mean, we're a college town. There ain't that much to go do. There ain't they? Ain't the city to go shopping at the mall. They ain't. You ain't all. You got to drive to all that. And so, when you're here, yeah. you better get that done. And so, you know, our track record. You look at our GPA and you look at the players when they come here. They get better. And so. Academics is a huge thing for, for myself and my staff and, and our program. And we make sure that we're one of the top academic teams in the big sky every year. And for them to get a 3.7 during a, during a really, really difficult and scary time for, for you know, for athletes and, and just in general, it's a big time, especially with everything that was going on um, during those times. And, you know, I, I appreciate the hard work they put in. And, and now they got a little summer break, so they're excited about that. They're hoping they have class in person because they don't want to do that again. <laughs> uh, but they, they've, done, they've, done, they've done a tremendous job, and it's just hard because you can't really, you know, tell them, like, the academics is the only thing I can really control. Like, I could say, hey, get up and go work out, but, you know, it's on, it's on them if they want to, but luckily we have a veteran team, so I'm pretty sure they, they, they did what they're supposed to do.
2: And how have you used this pandemic and what's been going on socially in our country to, to teach your young men about life? Because 2020 has been a heck of a year. We're only in mid-August now, so how have you yeah. used this to help teach these young men about the game of life? Because this is life going forward after basketball.
1: Oh, it's it's all it's always like that, and you know I've talked to them about several different things, and, and we always go we always go around it and. And, you know, being on the West Coast is a little different. I grew up in California, you know, so it wasn't the same as, as some other people. But you still, like I told the guys, you still feel something, um, some kind of way. If if you feel like you want to go out and, and, and use your voice to, to you know, to, to let people hear you, then go do that. If, if not, don't feel that you're you're letting anybody down if, if you want to you know, supporting in a different way. I always talk to them about that. I always talk to them about putting themselves in the right situations and, and being the man that you want to be and understanding that, you know, once you get done with basketball, it's a whole different ball game. You know, I I really want to, you know, teach the guys about once you get out of college, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you handle yourself? How do you act? Because in college, you know, it's different. I, you know, I play hoops in college, and so it's different, man. You're a big man on campus sometimes. You know, people know you when you're in college. You know, you you you're you're able to express yourself a little differently than when you're not, or if you're just mm-hmm. in the real world. You're able to express. There's groups, there's things you can go do and talk to, and, and be, and you're like, man, this is cool. Like, I'm not feeling what they're feeling out there. But as soon as college ends and you stop hooping, or you stop playing football, or you stop doing something, then then like sometimes you look at it a little differently. And so you gotta you gotta be able to navigate through that. And, and that's what you know people are trying to you know trying to get away from is that type of stuff. But you still gotta navigate yourself. You still gotta handle yourself in the right way. You got to, you know, put yourself in positions to be successful. And those are things I talk about with our guys daily. You know, you you can be the change you want to be. And, you know, it's going to be hard, but your generation, you, you, I mean, this is, this is the most I've ever seen since I've been, since I've been around uh, of people, you know, speaking out and, you know, being, being, being a part of movements and wanting, and wanting change. And you're hearing a lot of different people. And I feel that they're making progress. And I feel that, when, when you're able to do certain things and you're able to to use your voice as a young person is is, is outstanding and to see them to be able to do that, go out there and, and, and support a cause they care about, to, to worry about their academics, to worry about, you know, their athletic, you know, their athletic and trying to get better and, and doing everything they're supposed to do, doing all that stuff, you got to, you got you to gotta commit these people, man, these young men and, and women who are out there working and grinding to do that and and those are the things we talked about a lot with, with our young men and, and we make sure that they understand that, you know, you got to be the person you want to be and you, you can't let, you know, if, if, if you don't want to do a certain thing, you don't got to, but if you want to go, go do it and do it full force. And, and you know, we're, we're really trying to help these guys once they get out of college and once they're done playing to understand what, what life's going
3: to be about.
2: Most definitely, and you, you mentioned you guys back for workouts. Uh, I know some of them probably didn't have hoops or couldn't get the workouts anybody once they wanted to while I was during the pandemic. So how are you approaching getting the guys back in shape? Because you don't want to get the guys to go too, too hard and have a knee or ankle injury that lingers all year long. So how are you yeah. approaching that?
1: Well, we we—we well, we, we do things a lot. I don't know if we do things a lot differently, but we, we have several workouts. We go for about 45 minutes, maybe a little less. Um, and we, we, we really do a little, little different. We don't, I don't run my guys crazy, you know, but what I do is I make them do different different shooting drills with a lot of running in it. So they think they're really getting shots up, but they're really getting conditioning in, basketball conditioning where they're having to stop and start and do a lot of different things. We have a great uh, strength and conditioning coach, a great program here that, you know, you can see, you know, our players get bigger. They're, they're in great shape. So I really leave a lot of the conditioning stuff up to them because they do a great job. But what I like to do is get them in basketball shape. And so, like, today I had them go up and down, and make, make 25, or well, make 35 threes just running back and forth, just getting your own rebound dribbling, going up and shooting. And we give them a time limit, and they go, I mean, that's, that's great condition. Obviously, that's at the end of the workout, but that's something that, that they can do. And so I really, I'm really good with their knees, I believe. I don't think we do a lot. There's no, there's no contact, so we're not, you know, we're not doing too much of that. We're making sure that they understand that You know, I want them to know that, hey, listen, I know there's a lot going on. I'm not trying to push you and exert you. We may start our season in January. Like, today's August, you know, what's the day? Today's August 17th. Like, yeah. <laughs> we good, man. I'm just glad to see y'all, man, you know. You know, to see you guys in person today, that made that made my summer. Besides hanging out with my kids all the time. That, besides Second to that, that's that's unbelievable, you know, being around and, and seeing our, you know, it's been my first, it's been the longest time since, since I can remember that, you know, I I ain't had no basketball or, or something I had to go to practice, or be a part of practice, practice in a practice, set up a practice. You know, um, it's been it's been it's been a little different, but at the same time, I'm never going to forget it because of the time I've gotten to spend with the
2: family. I got two more for you, coach. First, yeah. is about you being a coach. Period. Uh, how have you grown since you first become a head coach to now? Because I've seen you grow in wins and losses, but how do you feel like you're growing process since you took the job originally to where you are right now?
1: I think I'm starting to understand. Um, you know, how to handle more and delegate more um, to, 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 you know, when you first get the job, you know, everything's got, you know, you're, you're new, If you're young, you don't know, like, obviously, you got mentors, you got people who've helped you out your whole life, you've seen it happen, you've watched it happen. And so when you first do it, you, you jump all over it. Like, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to make sure we do this, 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 this. I'm going to, and you wear yourself out. I mean, you, I mean, I, I when I first got the job, I mean, I, I wasn't sleeping. I was thinking about everything. I wake up writing notes. I, you know, I still do, but it's a different kind of stress now because I have guys that, that I have really good assistant coaches. I mean, they're, you know, you know, everyone loves to stay with the youngest staff in America. You know, they, they say that, you know, we got, I'm the oldest at 38. You know, my, my next oldest coach is 33, 34 years old. And, you know, I think they grind they get after it. Like, I, I've been around. i played. I, when I was a player, I had some coaches. They ain't in the gym. They ain't going to come rebound. They ain't going to do this. They ain't going to do that. They ain't going to run around, you know. They ain't going to you know, have your ear like these young cats. And so what they've done is, is amazing, man. And, and so they, they really work. And so I have a lot of faith in them. Um, you know, I have, I have a lot more faith in letting our, letting our players, if you watch us play, I let the players go and play and be creative. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot to say it. You know, when I first got it, I was saying it. Like, we're going we're gonna to run. We're going to do this. We're going to be the fastest team. We're going gonna, gonna to let them dudes hoop. But then all of a sudden you get into it. You're like, hold on. Let's make sure we run the right set. Let's make sure instead of trusting your players. You know what I mean? And, and when you watch these, you watch the NBA games, and you're watching these top programs, they're playing. They're playing, man. They ain't looking back at the coach trying to, trying to run a play, holding signs and all that kind of stuff. They're hooping, man. Now, defensively, you better be ready to go and know exactly what to do to stop the other team. But offensively, you know, I've learned to let them be creative, let them play um, and just more trust in, in, in who you got around you and do a good job of, you know, um, you know, do a good job of bringing character guys who love the game, not just like it, who love the game, assistant coaches as well, who love the game. and. You know, when you when you get guys that, that care and love it and, and want to be great at it, it makes it makes life easy. You can could, you could win with those dudes, but the most important thing is you can lose with them guys and still feel good about it. You know, you, you've been around. You've heard coaches when they when they take L's. You've been around. They're like, man, I hate this kid, man. Got to get <laughs> yeah. rid of this one, man. How, God, I can't wait till the summer to start recruiting, but it ain't like that. You know, it's it's more like how are we gonna get this game. How are we get this one. How are we gonna how are we gonna get them better? Not not like we got to get rid of this cat. How are we gonna get this guy? We brought him here. Most how are we difficult. going to get him better? You know, what are we going to do to make this kid, the kid that we thought he'd be? You know, um, and and I think we've done a great job of, of of really looking into looking into you know players' backgrounds. And when I first started, I would just take the player, like this guy's got game. Cool, he's nice. And he gets here, it just doesn't work. And I feel like I've done a much better job. And our staff has of really just saying, would this guy fit with how we coach? You know, because I want guys to to be independent. I want them to 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 come here and work on their game. And if you love the game, you're going to work on your game. And if you love the game, you're going to get your grades right. And so, you know, that that always helps. And then when you look at our team GPA, it's been a 3.5 TUM since I've been since I've been the head coach, which is unbelievable. You know, i, I like to tell my guys I got grades like that, but I didn't, you know, but Some guilty as you know, draw, but,
2: my house in the two but, myself.
1: <laughs> but but I said if I'd had a coach like me, I would have had a 3.0, you know what yeah. I mean? So, um, but it's one of those things where you, you grow and you just keep learning. You keep your sponge and, you, and you, you watch how you, when you're young, you don't, you know, when I first started, okay, man, this is cakewalk, baby. I got this. This is easy. But then you notice how hard it is. Like, there's some really good coaches that, that never have been able to have the opportunities uh, to be a head coach. And, and when you do get the opportunity, sometimes it just doesn't fall in place, but they know the game. But why is that? You know, sometimes it's luck sometimes you know you make your own luck but a lot of good coaches out there that just ain't got the opportunity yet that that when they do they're going to get in and run with it and and just you know you got to make sure you're ready but you also got to make sure you have a lot of uh, trust in people that that have been mentoring you since day one you can't you can't forget about them cats and I think I've done a good job of of leaning on some people and you know when you're two and nine and the whole world seems like it's about to end and you're like man we about to start league and we two and nine and my my two best players are out, and I don't know what to do. This is my second year. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, man, I thought I had. We could. I thought we could win with anybody, you know. And then you turn it around, and you get to the championship game. And then this year, obviously, we had all our guys stay injury free, and we 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 were pretty good this year. And so, you know, it it comes down to man, trust, trust. If you don't have trust, you don't have anything. And and uh, you gotta have trust with the people you're working with. That's that's the main thing that uh, I believe I have uh, learned over these last three years.
2: Last one, I got for you. We talked a little bit off air about this. How's it been to be with the wife and kids over these past five months? How's that been for you? And and your wife and well, your kids. I'm,
1: yeah. Well, since I'm on air now, whew, it's been great. <laughs> now, I'm just like, nah, man, it's something. It's something that you know. I don't think my kids will remember, um, especially if things get back to normal. Um, but it's something I'll never gonna forget, you know, being able to take them to school, pick them up, um, try to cook for them, um, you know, you know, just, just be there all the time, man. Because, you know, when I was an assistant, I'm always, you're always out running and you're recruiting, you're doing this, you're on the phone, you're on the horn all the time, 24-7, nonstop. Now you're head coach, you got all these other things and you got, you got these dinners you got to go to, you got, you got all these things you got to do. And you still, you, you still create time and, and have time with the family, you know, but it's not rushed. You know, it's not like you're feeling like you're missing out on something. You're missing like, okay, I I gotta make this call. You know, and it's not like that. And I've learned a lot. I think I could still be this be this uh, be this husband and dad um, still by being by coaching and doing the same thing. I just gotta be better with time management. You know, I gotta take out the stuff that uh, doesn't really you know matter. All the fluff, take that out and add add the family because the fluff when you are right now you're seeing it all that stuff, all that extras, man. It, it it ain't, I'd rather be with the family, man. And so, you know, you've learned, I've learned a bunch during this time. Um, I'm never going to get on a Zoom clinic again. I'm out on those. I've been doing those so dang much, man. And, <laughs> you know, you, you pop on every Zoom and, and after a while, it's like, dang, they're saying the same thing that the last man said that I already knew that I got to wrap this around. It's a ball screen. You just go, you know, you, but you're picking up some great things and, and you're learning from some, some tremendous coaches and you're getting to be around and hear from from different coaches and it's been great it's been a lot of learning um, you know I, I've, I've made some great relationships with coaches that, that i haven't i haven't before spoken to i've, I've been on different kind of calls that um, you, you, you hear people talking and, and and you just hear that what, what they 've gone through so you're not when you think you're the only person you ain't the only person um, you know, and now you have different people that you've never thought you can call and rely on. And but but being around the family and and, and, and being being a husband and, and being a dad is unbelievable, man. We go for walks, you know, they beat me up. I get yelled at all the time. I'm not the, I'm not the parent that you know, I thought I was going to be the, the one that everyone loves and comes and hangs out with. I'm the parent that when they do something wrong, my wife says, do I have to call your dad? I always never thought in a million years that'd be me. Do I have to call your daddy? And they stop doing what they're doing. And so you know, I guess I gotta take that role um, and let moms be the let moms be the good cop because she's she's got a big she got her she got a big she got a big boy pants on she's she's handling everything she's doing everything and so um, it's been great being around her and it's just it's just it's amazing to watch how you know she she's a mom and how you know it, it's really helped me be a better parent watching her parent because you know she works just as much as I do if not more um, but she does all that but she doesn't do a lot of the traveling as I do and she does all that and more plus all the kids and the cooking and all that and this and that and picking them up. And and so I'm like, man, hats off to you. You know, let me, uh, let's get back to this recruiting so I can, I'm burning my fingers, cutting myself, cooking, trying to slice up some chicken. Uh, But it's been amazing, man. And, And I've, you know, I've loved being around the family. And I think it's something that, you know, I think, you know, maybe maybe college hoops need to take, like, a, a month off every year or something to let this happen, you know. Uh, but, you know, you just got to be better with time management, man. I, I think I've, I figured it out. That That's a huge deal. And, you know, happy family, happy everything, you know. And that's I deal. think uh, it's, it's been amazing for me. And I, I've just – I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't missed – I mean, I missed the fellas – but I don't miss the traveling and I don't miss doing all that. I miss I miss the fellas and I, and, and I enjoy the time with the family. And so once we get back to normal, well, what, what, what we're going to see as normal is uh, we'll, we'll find that out here soon. But, you know, it is, it is what it's going to be and I, I'm looking forward to that.
2: Well, Coach, if they find some time for us today, I love, I love yeah. having the show, man. You always do a great job and I'm proud of your success and I hope it keeps on going because we need brothers in the business to be doing well and you're definitely doing well. out in the big sky, my brother.
1: Right back at you. Hey, I got to get you a Laker hat. That's what I, hey, I'm sending oh, you a no. Laker hat
2: so you can jump on board for
1: these playoffs, baby. <laughs> That's what you need. I got, hey, a Laker hat. Oh, Just this year, you know, just this year. You can, you can have Trey Young and them boys next year, but.
2: I, I'm, I'm actually, I I'm going for the Clippers, man. I'm, 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 I'm a Clipper again. Ah, no, Doc's a former I, Hawk, man. Doc's a, Doc's hey, a you former Hawk. you said
1: former? You said former. He left y'all. He left. But he's still a he former left. Hawk, man. <laughs> I can go on that roster and find a former Hawk on the Lakers. Come on, man. Come on, man. I mean, come on. Yeah. I feel you, though. Hey, I feel you. I, I, you, I haven't met a Clipper fan until two years ago. That's when I first started hearing about the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, were, see, I, I, okay. I always had
2: Docs back, though. Docs a former Hawk, man. He's a Nika-like boy, so I lost the support yeah, Docs. a former Hawk, man. Hey, you man. know what?
1: <laughs> hey, I'll give you that all day. I, you know what? I'll give you that. Some people, at least you have a reason. Other yeah. people have a reason just because they don't like the Lakers, Mine's about the connection.
2: That's what mine's about—the Hulk connection.
1: <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. Hey, you know what I'm telling you? Though these NBA playoffs have been off the chain. It's been fun watching these games. These boys are
2: playing. Most definitely.
1: They're playing hard. They're playing hard. That's what I like to see. You know. You know. You, there's not like any time they don't play hard. Maybe those. You know those 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 those, those eight nine ten games. Well, whoo, those are fire.
2: Yes, I told indeed. all our
1: guys watching. A lot of coaches don't like their guys watching NBA. I said, go ahead and watch all those games. man. Go yes, ahead, and do
2: indeed. it. Yes, indeed. Well, coach, man, thank yeah. you for your time, man. You do. It. Hey, you multitasking on the show, man. I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm gonna get beat up if I don't. I got three people over here really ready to whip
2: me for not cooking. Hi, <laughs> right. hey, man. Thank you for your time, buddy. I'll talk to you real soon, right, well, brother. Appreciate it.
3: Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals, open to everyone. Sally Beauty. Yeah, we, I mean, like I said, just different times, you know, uh, just kind of like you, everything shut down and uh, in March for us. So, you know, recruiting was a little bit difficult as far as finishing up the roster and finishing up the, the school year, but... Uh, You know, we were able to land some very, very good recruits. And it was basically living off the Zoom, Uh, you know, every single week. It it, it seemed like we were always zooming somebody and just recruiting that way. And then throughout the summer, it continued as we tried to uh, figure out the rest of our roster. And, you know, right now we are back in school. But, you know, the first, first week, everything was online. Uh, but everybody's moved in, moved into the dorm. So, you know, but we actually won't start anything until after Labor Day. So we, we want to make sure everybody's safe, doing the safety protocols, doing the testing. And, and so just obviously it's always safety first right now.
2: Most oh, definitely. Now, coach, look, look at your program. So start, talk to us about how, how March was for you guys. Like, like for, like, for me, it was shut down on my, my birthday for you guys. How was that trying to get the guys going from being on campus to going home, to having to finish up the semester strong virtually, because they're not used to that having to be at home and maybe not have the things they have on campus. So how was that for you and your, and your team man, you know, at, at that shutdown period there in the spring?
3: Well, well, it happened real fast. As, as a matter of fact, you know, we we actually had started the SWAC tournament, the first round of the SWAC tournament, and we were out in Houston. Uh, we were playing Prairie View. That game didn't go too well. So, <laughs> so you know, we, we started getting texts. The uh, athletic director started getting texts basically saying, you know, as soon as you get back on campus, you know, the players, they need to, you know, start, going to their dorms and you know basically two or three days they need to be packed up and off campus and uh, I think we were maybe a week maybe a week away from spring break so you know now they had to get used to uh, going to class online and you know you know you know with, with a lot of players you know that can be difficult you know mm-hmm. if you've never really done online before uh, you know, I, I know I, I would have struggled uh, back in the day. I know I would have struggled. I, I needed to be in class right there in front of the teacher taking notes. Uh, but for the most part, our, our guys adjusted. Uh, and then, you know, they actually finished up real strong for the spring semester academically. Um, but, it you know, it was a whole nother issue just trying to uh, develop a, a summer program for all the guys because you couldn't be around anyone. So now you're just doing a lot of individual stuff in your driveway, And uh, you know, if if you're fortunate enough to have a a basketball goal, uh, you know, at your house, you know, you could get some shots up, but everybody couldn't do that. So, you know, really for the first, I'm gonna say March and April and really May, they were really just shut down. Uh, I mean, it couldn't really go anywhere. It couldn't really do anything other than just maybe trying to stand somewhat of a conditioning by you know running some miles or running some sprints in the street so it it, it was an adjustment
2: most definitely, close your academic advisor for helping your your team out because th- that role was very crucial during the shutdown period for a lot of teams. Because without that academic advisor, man, those grades could have went south. But having that support has to feel make you feel good knowing that your guys stepped up, even though it's every situation that your guys stepped up for you and got out the job doing academically still.
3: Yeah, yeah, our our academic advisor uh, did a great job of of staying in contact with the coaches and you know how we how we've always run our uh, uh, academic program uh, within the program is each coach is assigned probably about four players and it's their job to stay on top of the players. I mean, you know, they got to go on their blackboard every day just to make sure that they're turning in their assignments, doing their assignments and uh, making sure they, they know when the players tests are and reminding the players You know, you got to log in the class at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, you know, and so forth, so on. So, you know, our coaches did a great job and our academic advisors did a great job with that. Now
2: coach, you know, it's been some rough times here in our country beyond yonder pandemic, you're at HBCU school coaching a lot of young black men. So how are you and your staff kind of try to teach your young players about life because life really has, it came us fast with the pandemic and all the killings of black people we've had this this spring and early summer here. So, so how did you guys kind of approach this how to teach, teach your young men about also that adversity of the pandemic but also diversity of life that they have coming for for them once they took off the jersey when they just just regular black guys like you and me. Once we took off our Hawks gear, your Alabama AM gear, which we're, we're black men in, in America. Exactly. So how did you uh, go about explaining that to your your young men this is spring and summer?
3: Well, you know, one, one of the things that we did actually as a uh, athletic program, and, and, and this probably would have been about, whoo, maybe two, two or three weeks after the George Floyd incident, we actually kind of had like a, a town hall meeting with all the athletes uh, to where they could just kind of voice their opinions. Uh, I was on the panel. Uh, we had actually had two student athletes on the panel, uh, and we had uh, our captain of the uh, uh, A&M uh, police on, on the panel, who happens to be a black man. So you know, to where we could just air out some things and, and discuss some things and. You know, uh, me and my coaching staff also in our Zoom meetings with the team, you know, I would cover, go over a lot of things as far as, you know, it's okay, you know, and it was okay to, to go out and, and, and voice your opinion and, and be, in, be involved in the protest. But yet and still, you still have to be safe and and, and still follow follow the rules, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can do those things and still be safe. And, and I just kept preaching to them, you always want to protect yourself. You know, you, you want to walk up out of there uh, being safe. Uh, and, and so, you know, our players, they, they did a good job of just listening, voicing their opinions, uh, you know, and then obviously one of the main things that I kept stressing to my players is, make sure everyone is registered to vote you know and we just kept stressing that and right now we we've got a hundred percent uh registration as far as players registered to vote and 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 the parents also their parents also help with that so uh, you know we're, we're ready to rock and roll come november 3rd
2: most definitely and you know so important to get young Young guys engaged in the voting process because a lot of them, Gen Zs, a little, little younger than me, who's a millennial, does, are not involved in the process. So the great defensive yeah. staff actually got them involved in the process, taught them that their vote does matter because it starts locally, state, and federal. And we've yeah. seen, that, right, with how the pandemic has being treated, that local and state really does matter, especially what's going on in Georgia. I'm not going to talk about your state, but what's going on in Georgia yeah. for sure. You know, yeah. so it's very important to get engaged in it now because you might not think it means a lot, but a, a little bit of organization and mobilization can get stuff moving in the right direction for you and change, change the things around about who gets in and who doesn't get in.
3: Oh, and and, and I agree 100%. And, you know, one of the things that I was uh, telling every last one of the parents, because obviously we've got players, uh, you know, that are not from Alabama. So now they're going to have to look at possibly uh, voting by mail. And we know what's going on with that around the nation. So I just encouraged our parents to make sure you know exactly the time frame, what they got to do to get that, get that ballot in early, but I'm also, I've already told uh, our players, you know, that that particular day, we're completely off. So if, if you're within driving distance and you need to drive home that, that night before to cast your vote, I'm okay with that because we won't be doing anything uh, on November 3rd. We are completely off.
2: Most definitely, Coach, and I feel like, you know, you've been in Alabama A&M, Historical Black College, and I've probably been in Alabama, a state where civil rights was at the forefront in black history. Um, Have you talked, talked to you guys about the black history of Alabama and in the movement there, because, because they're not a historic state. Same over here in Georgia, in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Here, civil rights, one of them hubs of the movement was right here in Atlanta, Georgia. So Selma and Montgomery and black, Belt, Alabama. So you, t- you spend time talking to guys about that as well, because they have to really learn that their history, where right, they're still on historic grounds where they are right now.
3: I mean, I, I, I agree. And that, that's one of the things where I know we're going to try to set up, you know, some Zoom meetings. You know, uh, one of my professors, uh, his name is Dr. Horace Huntley, and he's, he's from Birmingham. And when I was at UAB, he was the chairman of the, uh, african-american history department and uh and he's been involved with the civil rights there throughout birmingham probably over 40 45 50 years and i'm going to try to get him on a zoom call just to help educate all of our guys about the history uh because he was involved i mean seriously involved with the civil rights movement ever since the 50s and 60s so uh, you know, he's just going to be a great resource for them to talk and, and learn about their history.
2: And for you coach, I know it's been hard, you know, with the pandemic, it's tough times. And how have you uh, handled it being as growing as a coach? I know you're the head coach at Alabama A&M. You're going into YouTube having to get job full time. So talk to me about how the program's grown since you've took over full time now, what you kind of accomplished this year going forward and continuing to grow, grow, grow your culture there.
3: Well, you know, one of the things that, you know, as a coaching staff, you know, I just told our guys to make sure when you're recruiting, you really got to do your homework and making sure we are bringing in the right type of player that obviously can handle everything, handle everything socially, academically, and obviously basketball wise and we've done a good job these last two years like this past year you know i i probably ended up being the youngest team in the nation as far as uh starting five because by the end of the year i was starting five freshmen uh and and this uh incoming class it's going to be another young class but very very talented so we're going to be playing with mostly freshmen and sophomores this year uh but one of the things we wanted to do we had to bring in what I would consider guys with high character Most definitely. Uh, and, and, and that goes a long way when you're trying to establish a program. Uh, and then also guys that absolutely love the game of basketball that you ain't got to tell guys to say, Hey, you know, get to the gym, get some shots Most up. Definitely. work on your ball handling, you know, work on your fundamentals, you know, Most definitely. we've got, I feel as though we've got 15 players in the program. Now we've got 15 guys that love basketball. So, and not only that, good character guys. So now that's how you build a program. So, you know, we're, you know, we're excited about this upcoming season. You know, hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed that we have a season. And, you know, yes. that's <laughs> the big hurdle. That's, that's And that's going to be a big hurdle because I keep seeing stuff flash across the ticker tape on ESPN talking about, Possibility moving the season back a little bit and then once you start moving that season around, now all of a sudden you're looking at January, so you just never know. So hopefully we'll have a season.
2: Well I'm worried about you, coach. You're the only coaching in the swag that's actually getting taking high school kids everybody else is doing the juco transfer <laughs> game so i appreciate you doing it the old-fashioned way like, all this guy's got, got a scratch like is doing it as you so i know you're doing it the right way coach and i have confidence in you because i know you're doing it different than everybody else in, in the conference
3: well well and, and, and that's the thing and we know it, it's going to eventually pay off you know One of the things this year in conference, you know, when I went back, obviously I had a lot of time to go back and watch every game and watch a lot of film from March until now. And we ended up losing eight games by 10 or less in in conference. So we know we're we're, we're right there. We're, We're heading in the right direction. And one of the things we had to identify, we had to get longer, more athletic, we had to bring in some some better shooters, some big time shooters, and and we feel as though we've addressed everything. We we brought in a seven footer, uh, and, and we, we and we mixed it up. You know, I think we've got three or four prep school kids, and then you know the the high school seniors. So with the prep school kids, you know, technically they've already had a year under their belt. They've been playing against other. Top-notch prep school kids around the nation. They've been playing against some JUCO's, so you know it, it's still a process. But we feel as though we've gotten better. So, so oh, like I said, we just got we just got to keep our fingers crossed, that we're gonna have the season.
2: Yeah, I got, I got confidence in you about that, coach, for sure, man. And also this, uh, you know, I know at your level you have to raise raise money. And I have saw some yeah. of the contracts, uh, that the high majors are thrown out there, man. I don't like what I see, but. <laughs> but how, how, what's going what's gonna to happen with you guys, man, if they cancel conference play and law school and swag have to raise money for the universities, so how is that going to go for those uh, non-conference games when they get scrapped?
3: Let's just say it makes life a lot more difficult. Uh, that's why I keep saying because, you know, uh, since the schedule hasn't been released yet, I can't really say who we're going to play, but we've got some big boys on that schedule something some Big Ten schools, uh, 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 some Big Twelve schools. Uh, so we're hoping that we have this season because, like you said, we have to raise money, you know. And that's that's every swag school. That that non-conference schedule is, is pretty tough. Uh, so we just we just hope and pray that that it goes off without a hitch.
2: Well, Coach, you got my prayers, man. I, I know you guys need, need it. All of you in the needed need it, man. All, a lot of you guys are my friends. I love to to all of you guys, man. So, uh, Coach, I'm praying for you guys, all in the swag and hope for you and your players stay safe, man. And I hope once everything comes, I can get to Huntsville. Uh, with me having being remote, I can probably get away faster than I used to with me being remote. <laughs> <laughs> so, hopefully, we can get over there soon. Once everything kind of similar out a little bit there, Coach.
3: Yeah, and hey, we, we just appreciate, really appreciate you <clears throat> having a voice, always promoting the SWAC and always promoting the historical black colleges around the nation. You know that that's huge when when we've got support out there. You know, because you know a lot of times we don't always get that get that favorable coverage. But no, we just appreciate you doing doing the job that you do.
2: Coach, I keep doing it making my whole thing was, man, if somebody don't give you courage, I'm going to do it because I'm going to see you grab myself. So I know how it is, Love man. It. So I got to make sure it. I give you all the courage you need. Because if I'm going sure, to cover you all for the right reasons, not when something yeah. bad happens, you know, like everybody else yeah. do. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach, good talk as always, buddy. Good hope to see you real soon, man.
3: JR, my man, you're the best.
0: How do you feel about your office? Is it just a space for your company? Or is it a space to help you grow your company? From new HQs to satellite offices, with WeWork, you can find a space that works for you. Visit we.co slash space matters to learn more.
2: All right, folks, back on the Boss Man Show, a friend of mine from Memphis, Fox Sports Southeast. You see him with the guys, man, Pete Brevin, Rob, and Verno, my man, Philip Dean. Field, Phil, man, how you doing, brother?
0: I'm doing good, Boss Man. It's good. To, it's good to see you, man, even though we're kind of, doing this virtually, but, man, it, it's good to hear from you, man.
2: Yes, indeed, feel We've came so far from our 730 days, haven't we?
0: <laughs> We've come a long way, man. It's crazy.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Man, uh, I was su- cheering for you guys so much. You know, you, the Memphis Grizzlies are my second team behind the Hawks. I love you guys, man. And I know the bubble was hard for them, but I do feel like, you know, gridneck that game is OKC. And getting the game against the Bucks and Bud, man, they had a great opportunity. And even though Portland was red hot, gave them boys all they could handle. feel. I'd be very happy with how the Grizz performed in the bubble. At the end, even though it was a rough go, they still gave it their all. Yeah, it's
0: the way that the season ended for them. You, it kind of gave them. You felt hope. With this organization, that like on a nat- you, everyone can see on on a national television that like oh this team's gonna be really interesting for the next couple years to come. I mean, if you had uh, if you had Jaron healthy, if you had Justice Winslow healthy, if you had Tyce Jones healthy, I mean, this I mean they could be the, this could have been the team facing the Lakers right now in the playoffs right now. But I try not to play the what ifs, but it's just. You try to look forward now, hoping uh, the future looks bright. And it, this team is really going, is going to be so fun to watch. And the Grizzlies haven't really had a superstar. I mean, I know the, the core four with Mike, Mark, Zach, and Tony, they were like Memphis icons. Most definitely. John, John Morant is a legit superstar already as a rookie. I mean, he's a human highlight reel. I mean, people are going to want to watch him. And there are going to be people looking to find him on League Pass. And it's just you've never had that before with this team. And now it's just it gives you hope that something promising is going to go well in the future.
2: You kind of read my mind, Phil, because it was a clean break from the core four for last season to now John ja Morant like you have Jaren Jackson there you have John ja Morant two cornerstones that was kind of playing the Mike and Mark Gasol role you a Brandon Clark to play that Tony Allen Zebo role and you got other Dylan Brooks there so you have a, another core four but they're young and spry and I feel like they, they have more potential because of the John ja Morant factor that that guy's just a Baller. He's gonna bring it no matter what. He's exciting. He's electrifying, and I feel like, man, you guys I said, are set up great for the future going forward in Memphis. The fans for him should be very happy, and his fans answer should be filled again to the rafters with Grizzlies fans cheering those guys on. Man, they'll be great for years to come.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, and the, and the team follows his lead. I mean, when he get, when gets cooking, everybody else gets rolling. I mean, you, you see. Big performances from Dylan Brooks. I mean, Grayson Allen has come out of nowhere in the bubble. I mean, he, the performances he had in the bubble were astounding. And that's, and they've heard that he's, he's another role player for this team in the future. And so it just all, everyone, when, when Ja gets rolling, the rest of the team gets rolling. It's, uh, it's very, it, it's one of the few times, it's, it feels so good to, like, actually, like, you get excited to watch a game considering the past couple of years you're just having to just, like, oh, gosh, please don't get blown out by 20 again. Please don't get blown out. But now you're, you're like, excited to hear, see what's happening with Ja, and you're, like, oh, what's he going to do tonight? What's he going to do tonight? And I'm sure that's how it is with the Hawks. You are just want, want to see what happens,
2: what Trey Young does each game. Most definitely, man. And you know what? That pick you guys have to co- convey to Boston, be happy by it this year, because you can take it. Because we have a stud here in Memphis already in John Moran. We got other guys, we got grooming. And what I say about Coach Jenkins coming from Bud's system is that player development is very paramount and key. And those young players will develop and get better. That's what I can say about Bootenhoser and Taylor Jenkins. They make guys better with the development program they have and, and the way they go attack it. So seeing that for the last year, how have you been impressed how Taylor goes about developing the young guys and what he'll do for those guys and that careers going forward?
0: I have so much respect for Taylor Jenkins for what he's done to this organization on and off the court. I mean, for the way he's been able to keep this young core together, build a <coughs> – excuse me, to just build this core – and keep, and keep them motivated. And the players love playing for him. They want to f- work hard for him. And for all the stuff he's been doing off the court as well, uh, for the community, it's just I'm supremely happy that this is the, this is the Memphis Grizzlies head coach. And I think he – I mean, when you get guys like Magic Johnson saying he should be the coach of the year, that's a big compliment. And I feel like he will be – I think – he will be considered to be a head uh, coach of the year for uh, many years to come.
2: Oh, yes, man. I knew Taylor had talent in Atlanta. I knew, had t- I knew he had talent field. I knew he could, he could do the, a great job. And, you know, getting the head coaching gig, man, you know, I knew he was to do well for you guys. And I, 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 I'm happy that he's a guy that can mess with Ja Morant because he is the right temperament to coach Ja Morant because he's like, don't get too high, not get too low. He's going to just keep it real with you. That's what a guy wants in a coach. He's one of the coaches. He, I'm trying to make it about himself and be, be, be the show. Just tell me how to get better. And Josh wants to get better. I know Josh's college coach, Matt, Matt McMahon, man from Murray State. Same thing, same kind of temperament. Just want you to get better and tell you how it is. And I feel like Memphis man, the ping pong balls are so good to you all last year, man. And getting this kid, <laughs> you know, he has set you up for the future, big time. Oh, absolutely. I mean.
0: Still can't believe. I still can't believe that they got him. And but uh, Taylor Jenkins, said, or uh, not Taylor Jenkins, as Zach Kleiman today uh, said, that he's still shocked that they got Brandon Clark at 21 to get a talent like that at 21. And he and he said, "Why is Brandon Clark uh, not a finalist for uh, Rookie of the Year?" I mean, he was like, "No disrespect to Java, Brandon's played a lot more games, and he's he's worked really hard to get that opportunity." and um, uh, with this, uh, upcoming, uh, draft lottery, I mean, you really don't, I mean, there's a five, like 0.05% chance the Grizzlies will get a top three pick top four pick like that. So I think the mood right now is everyone's kind of just expecting Boston's going to get, get the pick this year finally, and we can move on from that. So, and everyone's fine with that. Cause this, the draft class really isn't that exciting this year as it has been and Previous years, so um, you just kind of w- waiting and see
2: what happens next. They're telling me the Hawks tank for nothing again this year.
0: <laughs> you might get James Wiseman. You might get Preston Sachua from Memphis. You, one of those guys. Might be, I would love to see. I think James Wiseman would be a good fit for for the Hawks. I think if if they can get to him, that'd be a good. That'd be a great way to get. He'd be perfect
2: for the Hawks. Yeah, I live through you guys, man, because I don't see, see too many wins here. So I just live through the Grizzlies. I just, I just live through you all, man, because I don't get to see many wins around here. I see losses every night. Like You used to deal with the same thing I deal with every night. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping for wins. Well, I know losses are better, but it's hard to cover a loss every night. It just is.
0: I feel you're – I've, I've been there. I I completely understand. I've been through those games with you, man. I can totally understand. Um, I'm really hoping the Hawks get can really turn it around. I, I feel – I mean, because you've got such a great star in Trey Young. You just got to find the – and I really like Lloyd Pierce as a head coach. I think he's a he's a perfect, perfect guy for that organization. And you just got to – got to find the right guys around – go around Trey Young and keep him happy there. Because you don't want to have him leave and go to a bigger market. I think it would just kill that franchise if a guy like that left. So you just got to find, build some great talent around him and find some some real uh, talent in, in the uh,
2: free agency. Now, Phil, for you guys obviously season-wise – what moves you see the team making? You have a great core four or, or, or some, some supporting cast with, with JV. Yonis Valanciunas was playing out of his mind. I mean, and that contract they got him on, great contract for Jonas Valanciunas there for three years, 45 million. So uh, what are moves y'all be looking to make this offseason to kind of make the team better around John and then the core four there?
0: I think one of the key things that they need to be looking for is, is, is a wing. I think they need to look for a veteran wing, someone with a veteran leadership that has playoff experience. Someone that can. You need a, you need a shooter. You need a straight up shooter that, and I mean, a grab and go shooter. Um, but I feel like you've got all the right young talent around you. Now you got to pick up veterans that can go and talk to. You know, it's kind of they need a guys that like what they had earlier in the season with Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill. Because when they would – when guys like Jaren and Jaw would get down, they would just, hey, just grab them by the arm and just say, hey, we're still in this. Get your head up. Yeah. And th- those guys were so important to them that – to help them throughout the season. And it – and that, I was – I say when they traded them, because I was just like, well, man, there goes, that goes their veteran leadership. You hope that they can have someone that can help them for the rest of the season, and you need, I feel like you needed that in the bubble. So I, I feel like you've got to get a veteran type of shoot, guy that can shoot the ball, a wing to help them. So I'm hoping they can find someone uh, during free agency, depending on how much they can spend with the uh, limited cap space that they have.
2: Mo, and we don't know what the cap's gonna be because I know the Hawks was projected to have out seventy million cap space. They ain't gonna happen no more because of the, you know, the, the the restart here. So I have no idea what the Hawks cap looks like because we don't know what the cap's gonna be because of what happened. So I know Memphis was good with the cap for us bringing in contracts wise, but yeah, you're right, man. A shooter would be great on that team, man, because you guys can really venture in some shooting to three and D guy. Yeah. Robert Covington, Tennessee State, mama mater, might be a good guy for agent. i am always watching Robert Covington, yeah. He might be a good guy. Might to come back to Memphis, Tennessee, and play in Tennessee again once more and avoid the uh, nice uh, income taxes elsewhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee has that going for itself. Because don't feel single guy like the boss man, 7% income tax, man, not fun. <laughs> not fun at all, man. <laughs> Not fun. <laughs> I don't like that too much, buddy. Uh, you know what, man? I'm just happy for you guys, man. It's all about JV, man, because, you know, in Toronto, that, those guys kind of made him scapegoat to a degree, getting rid of him, kind of sending him on his way, man. Uh how's he been for the city of Memphis and been in the locker room and in that community, man? I feel like the guy's been doing very well. He's dominating the post. He's loving what he's doing. I see the joy in his face, man. Like happy he was in Toronto for sure. It, it seems like
0: he's having fun. I mean, he's uh, he really loves being around this team, this team and this core, and he sees the future of what this team can do, and I think he wants to be a part of it. And I mean, he obviously wants to be a part of it. I mean, when he signed that extension, and it seems just like he he knows his role, and he knows that look when if they're having struggle offensively, just it like Zach Radoff would say, you know, just keep just throw it to me. I'll get, I can get there. I can get, I can get to, I can get in the bucket quickly. So he's a. I I think he's a guy that I think the, they should appreciate. I feel like they should appreciate more because he's helped out. So he helps out so many ways of just, if you're, if you're down in a 18 point deficit, like I would just keep throwing it to him. Just find a way to get him at, get him points. And you can, that can help bring momentum. And they did that a few times in the bubble. So I feel like he's been he has he is perfect for this team that he's got veteran leadership and he can he can shoot three ball as well if he wants to and it's just he's the perfect he's the perfect type of center for Taylor Jenkins to have with the core around him with John Jaron
2: most definitely and you know I will say man I love the jerseys man I know those those teal Vancouver jerseys man I love them you should wear them every night I know that's not thing they should I do I, wear them I, every night or go or go back to it and just put memphis up there or something
0: on the warm during the bubble i was just like man that, that should be their permanent uniform i mean it's just so it just blends in so well
2: especially when they had played toronto with had on their whites and oh, the Greens had on their teal man that was amazing took me back to my oh, childhood dude. there
0: brought back so many memories of just 96-97 basketball. Can you believe it, man?
2: We're in our 30s now, man. (laughs) It makes us feel old. (laughs) Can you believe it? (laughs) Because I'm like, man, it was like I was amazed by it, Phil. It really was, man. I really enjoyed it, man. I did. And you know, I'll tell you what, Phil, I feel like both of our teams here in Atlanta and Memphis, we have bright futures. you got a little ahead of us, man, but I feel like it's going to be a battle in the south here between Memphis and Atlanta. And Charlotte, we don't know what they're going to do at all in Charlotte. We we can't talk about them. We don't know what they, what they're just lost. But but I feel like in Atlanta and Memphis the next 5 years, man, we we have something brewing here for sure. Absolutely. I mean,
0: you you just see, I mean, like they've got true superstars. Each super, each franchise has a true superstar. I mean, for Trey Young to be starting in the all-star game in his second year in the NBA, I mean, he's going to hold that spot. He's going to be a starter in the, for the all-star game for as long as he wants. And you hope to see Ja, hopefully Jaron, guys like that will make it It, it make it to the all-star game. I mean, if Ja Moran isn't in, in the all-star game within the next two years, I'll be shocked. I mean, I, he's perfect for the for the NBA all-star game. I mean, Atlanta and Memphis have just really got something going. And hopefully, maybe in years, we we could see an NBA finals between Memphis versus Atlanta. I mean, it would be electric
2: if that would happen. Yes, indeed. you know, um, I feel I'm nervous because the clock is ticking for me. You know how what happened with guys like Trey Young. I fear in five years, we don't get nothing going on in Atlanta, he'll be gone he'll be looking elsewhere. Now, I feel like John will be a Memphis Grizzly. for he wants to be. But I feel like Trey's mindset's more of, hey, if I don't see it my way, I'm out of here. So I I worry about that, that if we ain't succeeding in the next five years and got something tangible going here, we could be back at, at rock right bottom again if he, he decides to say, I'm out of here, like Anthony Davis did and LeBron did, other guys have done it before him.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't help that he signed with uh, Clutch Sports uh, not too long ago. Most definitely. Yeah. So you better, that's a signal to the Atlanta front office of like, you better start putting some real guy, some real players around Trey or he'll, I can send him to LA really quickly. So again, just back to what I said earlier, you've got to build the right talent around Trey to keep him happy and you got to start winning. If not, he's just, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be on the West Coast soon.
2: And, and, I, and I I feel bad for Lloyd Pierce. One more year guarantee on his deal uh, next year. And if I feared it was going to happen, him will happen to Mark Jackson and other, other coaches where they get the team foundation set, take all the L's, then you're firing for the guy that's going to take the talent and run with it. So yeah. I fear that's going to happen to Lloyd Pierce. I don't want to have, I love LP, but I just see the team leaves kind of going that direction because I know they want to try to. Keep Trey Young, and they'll sacrifice Lloyd Pierce to get it done. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, it's kind of,
0: Trey would kind of have that stroke of just like if he wants Lloyd to stay, he can let him stay. If he doesn't, if he feels like they can need to get a better coach, he can go get a better coach. So yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I could, to, I could totally see that with Lloyd Pierce. He finally gets the he gets the Foundations of what he wants the Atlanta Hawks to be, and as soon as he does, they let him go, and they get another coach, and he makes it ten times better.
2: Yeah, so I miss prayer for that doesn't happen, but I, I can see feel. We got excitement here to look forward to, man. Uh I know our quarantine is not fun right now, but hey, we have some look forward to. We well, the basketball starts again for us. We have some look forward to because I feel like the Hawks will be better, and hopefully. Uh, you, really play the play playoffs hopefully next year I know you you all probably be competing for it i hope we make it so I think we got something brewing for good on Fox sports South of Fox sports south man we're gonna have a lot of fun next year for sure
0: absolutely I can't wait for the season I, I can't wait for the season to start back it's it's crazy I mean we got the we got the draft lottery coming up and then who, NBA Finals will be coming up soon, and then the ba- back to the draft and pre-agency. It's finally it's, – it feels good to finally have basketball back, back again. It's weird right now in the situation we're in, but I feel like hopefully things can slowly start to become normal, normal again.
2: Well, Phil, thank you for your time, buddy. I was going to spend time with you, man, and please be safe, man. I'll be looking forward to talking to you down, down the road, my friend. Anytime, boss, man. Stay safe, my man. All right, folks, it's Phil Dean here on the Boss Man Show.